Welcome to I'm Game with Fred Croner. Today we are talking with Tara Hurlis, a Muhammad resident who's a University of Illinois graduate, a U of I police officer, and probably uh, even before that was known as an outstanding soccer player at the U of I, was uh, such a good player, in fact, that uh, 2018 voted into the U of I Hall of Fame. So first of all, Tara, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I bet you have some fond memories of your soccer career, don't you? I do, especially being so close to, you know, the new park that they built on being on campus. So when you came to the U of I, did you ever think that uh, you might wind up just staying in Champaign County and, and making your permanent home here? Or were you thinking this is just going to be like a four or five year home and you'd be moving on? I really thought it was going to be a four or five year home. Um, I fell in love with the campus when I came on my official visit and then you know, after moving away, I moved to Sweden and played professionally after college when I graduated. So it tells you how much I really loved Champaign County, being that I moved back from Sweden. And what was it you liked about the area so much? I just think the community, um, just being able to come into a program and really help build it. You know, they always say leave something better than how it was when you got there. And I made connections with not only people within the athletic world, but you know, within just the community and being a part of the university, I always knew I wanted to get back there. I just didn't know how I was gonna do that or in what uh, entity, what, how was I gonna be reconnected with the campus after being done playing soccer? So what did you major in at U of I? I did uh, speech communications and you know, full disclosure, I was kind of late in deciding my major because, I mean, you're young, you're 17, 18 years old, and you're trying to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. And all I thought I wanted to do was be playing soccer. But at some point, you have to hang up the cleats and and, and do something else. So um, you use communication every day. So why not figure out a way to not only communicate, you know, externally within the community better, but basically in your personal life as well. So that's how I picked that. So talk about the transition to go from, uh, you know, majoring in communications to getting into police work. I mean, that's, uh, that's quite a jump, isn't it? Yeah, actually, when I came to the university, I wanted to do criminal justice as my major. However, the University of Illinois does not have that. So when I was telling and talking to my guidance counselor, she said, well, you could do maybe something with psychology or sociology, um, but still that wasn't criminal justice. Now Parkland College had that or has that major. However, I mean, looking back now, there's no way I could have gotten a bachelor's degree, you know, competed at the top level of soccer and done an associates in criminal justice. So she guided me down the right path and said, um, that's always something you can go back to school for to continue your education. So, you know, we talked about several majors on what to do. So not too far of a jump because in my mind, I always kind of gravitated towards, you know, working within the community and giving back to the community you know, lots of safety sort of stuff. So um, I just wasn't able to major in it. I mentioned there's a lot of challenges in police work. Kind of talk about some of them that, that you face uh, every day. Um, I, you know, we have a, an awesome opportunity to help students have a successful and safe collegiate career here. You know, they're here for four years. 
if they choose to go on um, and further their education, they may be here for six years. But the challenge is, is helping them see that what they're doing during these four crucial years of growing into adulthood, um, you know, I think people make bad decisions. It doesn't mean that they're a bad person. So it's really working with them in an educational type format where we're talking and communicating about, okay, this was a mistake. We know you didn't do this on purpose or have, um, you know, bad intentions, but how are you going to learn from it? You know, it's, that's what I love about being able to police in a uh, college community is that it isn't just about writing citations or taking people to jail. Um, it's really helping these young adults grow into who they're going to be for the rest of their life and, and hopefully leaving a better impression on them in what a police officer is, because we're not just a police officer. That's not who I identify as. You know, I, I have a family. Um, I go home at night. So it's really showing them another side of who we are and what we're doing to help them grow and be safe in the same aspect. And part of the job too is, is working security like at ball games or concerts or things like that where you kind of interact on, on a different level. Uh, talk a little bit about that aspect. I love that part. Um, obviously I played uh, soccer here and um, I love sports. So not only being able to still um, be involved in that athletic community or a big concert event or the 4th of July fireworks or the marathon. It's getting out within that community and interacting with them in an element where you're not just in a patrol car and interacting with people that way. You actually get to see the community in their own element of being relaxed and making sure that in that element that you're talking to them. You can't just patrol from inside a squad car. I would always park my squad car and walk, talk to people on the quad or on the buildings because you can't police and patrol if you don't know who you're working with. So you have to engage with people. And that's like at the sporting events, like you were just talking about. Um, it's, you know, I've been on the field for the last, I think two years for football and you in, engage with people that are in the front row that are, you know, season ticket holders. And you talk with them They're like, oh yeah, I remember you from last year. And that's how you build relationships within the community. And that's not just the campus community, it's adjacent communities as well. That brings in people from all over Champaign County. Talk about some of the reaction you get when you're, you know, on campus, on foot patrol. Uh, what, you know, what, what are people like when, when they see you there in, in uniform? Um, I would say that, um, you know, being in a full uniform sometimes can be intimidating to folks. Right now I'm in, um, it's not plain clothes, but basically it's just my polo and still my badge and whatnot. Um, but I also have therapy canine Kirby with me. And I will say that it's such a great conversational starter and what we're doing here at the University of Illinois Police Department, because who, even if you don't love dogs, you see such a cute dog, you just want to pet them. So it's walking and engaging in buildings outside of buildings and 
it's now I'm not just a police officer. I happen to be a police officer, but I have this really cute dog next to me to where that starts conversations. And, you know, it, it may be a po more positive experience if it were just me walking on campus, just in my uniform by myself. Talk about how that got started. How, how did you become a canine officer? So back when our new chief, Alice Carey, came, she had our first therapy dog that she brought with her from her previous department. And what that is, is, um, you know, things happen that aren't a very good experience. And the Paws and Stripes College in Florida was um, doing studies in Brevard County. And what that it was is, a traumatic event that happened with, well, they say younger kids. Um, and, you know, this young kid was told not to talk about it or it was so traumatic, they just can't talk about it. So what they did is have the same interviewee, interviewer and have that um, social worker involved in these interviews. And they didn't really communicate. They introduced a dog. That's the only thing that changed. And it went from a 34% rate to like 89% of a communication about what went on. So you can use these therapy dogs for all sorts of things. Um, my community engagement that I do, the tabling events where I have a bunch of resources for the campus community and adjacent communities. Um, we can do reading programs within the schools. I've already been to some of them. I've been to a couple schools in Savoy and Muhammad and Champaign. And it just allows you to talk about safety in an environment where that kid or even adult is just necessary. They're just engaging with the, the canine. So back in December last year, there was um, a family here in Champaign that had a litter of nine Samoyed puppies. And she wanted to donate one to the University of Illinois uh, police department in our community outreach and support team because she had heard about the program and us having um, at that point we had four therapy canines so there were several people that interviewed uh, for that position and I ended up getting the spot and Kirby and I have been partnered together since December and we just went to Florida the Paws and Stripes College in Brevard County last week and got officially certified. Now he's been going to every event that I work, whether it be a safety presentation, self-defense presentation, um, and any uh, community engagement that I do. Now, have you been involved in any of the training yourself or not? When I went to Florida last week? Well, j just in general. I mean, just uh, after you got the dog, I mean, have you been involved in, in training him to, you know, for the steps that are necessary to, to be an efficient and effective canine uh, dog? Yes. So basically how what that looks like is it's really the dog's demeanor and how they're going to interact with not only young kids, but adults. I mean, we see a array. I mean, there's just not one age group that we're trying to reach out to. So when I first got him in December, we were working on walking on a leash. You know, he was a puppy. You know how puppies are. So then it to me, I feel like, you know, I'm, I am not a professional dog trainer. In fact, I, you know, usually rescue dogs and that's very hard, obviously, to train a rescue dog that might have, you know, their own 
traumatic events that they, I mean, you see the dogs when you walk by our house and how they are at the fence. So, um, we worked on sit and stay and shake. And, you know, as he's progressed, he just turned one. Um, it's getting him out enough to where he's somewhat tired and not so excited to see everything. But for the most part, when we go to events before we went to this training, you know, he gets to meet everybody, everyone gets to pet him, and then he just lays at my feet. He knows it's time to work. When we get up in the morning, I wear the same thing every day. Routine. It's much like how it was for me in athletics. I had the same routine on game days for Fridays and for Sundays. So he knows once I get, you know, my pants on, then my shirt on, then he's going to get his um, collar on and then he gets his bandana on and he sits at the door and we're going to work. You know, if I show you right now, he's just laying down, taking a nap because apparently he's exhausted today. Um, so that's really, really been our routine since December. You know, when I first got him, he didn't like to go upstairs. So we worked on going upstairs. There's a lot of squirrels on campus if you haven't been here in a while. So he wants to be best friends with them. So it's just having that consistent training so he can be better interacting with all sorts of people. Now, there's no guarantee, though, when you get a dog like that, that, that it's going to work out, right? Uh, I mean, it's kind of a kind of a toss-up. Correct. So when we went to the class, there's certain things that you have to pass. It's a list of 25 different, um, not tasks, I won't call them, but, you know, you're checking off certain things so that he gets this certification. He also had to do a couple other practical type things. I was trying to look to see if I can find him. Um, and they have said in the past at the, this Paws and Stripes College, what they do is they rescue dogs from shelters and then they work with inmates for three months. And then at the end of that three months, they pass this certification that I'm telling you about. And then the law enforcement comes down, social workers could come down and they're partnered with this canine. And you have a week to make that bond and um, start that relationship where you have the trust and pass these tests at the end of that, you know, work or 40 hour class. So there's been times in the past that the um, uh, instructor said, sometimes that dog and that person do not bond. And at that point, is it the, you know, where the dog just can't bond with them? Or is it that person who just can't be in control of that dog and give them the commands of, of what they need to do and how they perform? Because we um, went out in public. All we had 22 dogs go in a public restaurant and we had to sit down and they have to mind us without barking, jumping, yelping, that sort of stuff. Um, we also went to a museum. I mean, so you have to make sure your dog's going potty before you go in because you don't want them going potty in, you know, the building that you're in. So it's not just you working with the dog on sit and stay and lay down. And it's actually bringing them, how are they environmentally interacting to loud sounds, to a lot of people, to the hot weather. Um, because when I go out in public and give a presentation, I just bring myself, right? 
When I bring Kirby, I have to bring a water bowl, maybe extra treats, an extra leash. It's being prepared of what if something were to happen and we're here longer or his collar breaks or, you know, whatever else could happen. So did you have a good feeling about Kirby from the time that, that you started working uh, with him or not? I did. Um, he is just such a sweet boy and he listens really well. I, I mean, I just think that that's him as his breed. And like I said, I'm not a professional dog trainer. I don't take any responsibility. I think we do mesh really well. Um, and he trusts me and I trust him. So when you have that bond, um, it works a lot better. You know, it's not where if he doesn't listen, I'm yelling at him and screaming at him because that's not going to help that relationship get better. You know, it's really trusting one another. And uh, we had since December to work together and create that bond. So, I mean, if it didn't happen, then it wasn't going to happen in that class, you know. So what's it like at the end of the of the workday when you go home and you get to take your canine partner with you? So at the end of the day, he almost knows it's time to go. So he's sitting up ready to go. We drive, you know, back home and I take his collar off in the van, take his bandana off. And then it's like, oh, I'm off work for the day. He goes and plays with the our other two dogs at home. Uh, our three-year-old and him have quite the bond she more bosses him around and he thinks it's just the coolest thing. So in fact, she taught him how to fetch. And the two of them also have that trust and bond where she can tell him to sit, shake, lay down, mainly because she is so bossy. He just wants to like, you know, make her happy. So he does whatever she says, but it's really cool to see how he interacts with the family as well compared to when we're out working. He's really good no matter what, but I think having that environment where there are other dogs at home, we have a three-year-old and now a newborn that I know I can trust him in public to interact with strangers in that way as well, because he has that exposure at home to young kids. So how, how does he react and respond to the other dogs at home? I mean, is he always well-behaved or are there moments that uh, you just kind of uh, cringe? No, I mean, we have an older lab who I would say, we don't really have an alpha dog. So nobody's putting anybody in their place. They all kind of do their own thing. So he has a relationship with the older lab that's different than with our other dog. With the other dog, they wrestle and you know run around the yard. With the older lab, they just go outside on the back porch and they just sit there and watch. Um, the, I'd say probably about three weeks ago, like I said, he loves squirrels. So he saw a squirrel and he went sprinting and he lost the battle and he broke his toe. I did. I cringed at that because I knew he was never going to, he's fast, but you're not going to catch a squirrel on a fence. So he jumped up and when he landed it, you know, he, this breed is very dramatic and it's almost, the breed is like a husky, very chatty, um, kind of over the top at some point. So when he yelped, I'm like, he's fine, you know? So I bring him into the, the vet and I said, I really think he's being dramatic. I don't know why he's still limping. Um, sure enough, they call and they say, you're not going to believe this. I'm like, if you say he broke his toe, I am not going to believe you. And they said he broke his toe. 
because he is so dramatic. I mean, sometimes even when you brush him because his hair is so long, it gets a little matty around his neck. Like he'll yelp and it doesn't hurt. It's just because that's his way of communicating. You're annoying me. Please stop. <laughs> so talk about the, the community aspect. When uh, you go out with Kirby into the community, especially like, you know, you've been to events at Muhammad, the, the um, um, uh, soda fest and, and things like that. How, how does that help the, the U of I police department when you're out and about in, in other communities? Well, U of I, it, you know, between students, faculty, and staff, we have approximately 75, maybe 80,000 people that are here. And all those people don't just live on the U of I campus. They live in Monticello, Muhammad, Fisher, um, Rantoul. So bringing our police department in different communities lets us educate them what we're doing. You know, he's not just a resource for campus. He's a resource for all Champaign County. Um, and that resource isn't just with safety presentations. It may be, you know, a teacher from Muhammad uh, called me and said, hey, I have a student who is moving away unexpectedly and she's really upset. Can you please bring him to the class for her last day? So, it's just getting that word out to people within different communities that that's what we're here for. Um, we're not just serving campus, we're serving everybody. So coming to the Muhammad Soda Fest or coming to, um, we went to an event at the main scoop uptown where they were honoring uh, first responders. You know, nobody knew about the therapy dog program necessarily because maybe they weren't at the Soda Fest or we haven't had a chance to engage, but when I walk him around on campus, people know him right away because we're always out. When I we go on a family walk, people are like, oh my gosh, that's Kirby. You were here at so-and-so. Can I have your card? I'd like to, you know, have you come to a nursing home that I work at, or I'd like to have you come to my dental office. I mean, this van, if you've seen it in Muhammad, it has our link and all the therapy dogs, you know, uh, plastered all over it. And when we go places to get food or just drive, people are taking pictures of the van and then they're contacting me like, Hey, I saw your van. Do you think you could help in this aspect? And I think that's, what's important is we're here for the entire county. And I want people to know that that's what he's here for. And we also have four other ones that people can request as well. So that's what great is if I can't make an event, one of the other four can make that event and we're able to cover a lot more. Is there such a thing as a typical work day for you? Yes. So, you know, I do a lot with these resource tables or presentations and now with him, I'll be getting requests for him or the other therapy dog. So with like a, a week like to this week, it's a bit different because we have a football game on Thursday night. So he won't come to work with me because he's not going to come to the game. But um, we can go anywhere from having specifically, you know, six visits a week just for him on top of maybe three safety presentations, two self-defense presentations. Um, we are very busy. 
You could go back to a second uh, to, to when you were playing soccer and think back. Are there some lessons you learned from soccer and from sports that have kind of helped and, and carried over as you've gotten into the working world? You know, I it's funny you should say that. I just went and had a um, safety presentation and reporting tips to uh, U of I women's basketball yesterday, and I brought Kirby with me. And what I was telling them is I don't think you realize how special what you're doing is. And I don't think I really had a full grasp of what I was doing until I was inducted in the Hall of Fame. Because when you look back and really think about it, you're having to manage a lot. You are the keeper of your own schedule. And that is, includes class, training hours, practice, travel, games. And then aside from any of that, you're having to manage your social aspect of not just specifically into sports and school. So um, letting these student athletes know that what you're doing every day, you know, for me, I always know early's on time, on time is late, late don't even show up. That's my mentality. I'm very schedule oriented because I had to be at such a young age to be able to balance all that. You're having to learn at a young age that you don't think of this as like a job because you love competing, you love playing your sport. However, that's what you're going to be doing in the real world. You have to be dependable. You have to work as a team. You have to have good communication skills and everything you're doing on the court, on the field, on the mats, whatever, on the track totally translates into what you are going to do in the real world. And it gets you ready for the real world because would you ever be late to practice and say, I just didn't feel like coming? No, because there's people that are depending on you and you're not just representing yourself anymore. It's way bigger than that. You're representing your teammates, your coach. You know, I always, I told the girls this, I was never afraid of making Janet mad. That was the head coach of women's soccer when I was here and she still is. What I was always not afraid of, but I never wanted to disappoint her. So I didn't want to disappoint her in uh, class and being late and not competing well, because when you disappoint your coach, that's way worse than making them mad. Um, and that resonates with these student athletes. When I was talking to them, they really were like, yeah, that's what I feel. You know, that's so that's one of my goals. And I have a whole program written out of what I want to do with student athletes. It's, it's talking about that networking system, um, getting you ready for the real world once you graduate, because guess what? Only 2% and that's on the high end could ever play professionally, whether that is here in the United States or overseas. It's not like everyone can be a professional athlete. What if you have a career ending injury? You know, these are things that we talk about. You don't necessarily want to talk about, but what are you going to do after? You know, how, how are you going to be able to hang up your cleats, hang up your shoes and really figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life to where you're still getting that same satisfaction out of it as you did when you were competing. We've been talking today with Tara Hurlis, a Muhammad resident and a U of I police officer, also a member of the, the U of I Hall of Fame for her uh, record setting career as a U of I soccer player. Before I let you go, one more question. Uh, you've got a couple kids of your own. Do you see them getting into soccer one of these uh, days? I, I actually, when I talk to Jess, my wife, I say I'd love for them to play a different sport like softball. I don't know anything about it, like volleyball, um, 
basketball, you know, just played basketball. So I, we are working towards soccer. Hazel, the three-year-old is really picking up a basketball. So I'll be happy with anything. <laughs> All right. Well, Tara, anything else? Any other thoughts, comments you'd like to add? No, thanks for having me. All right. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it.